What are you talking about? Hell no. Uh uh, that ain't gonna fly. Facts, homie. Straight facts. I just wanna keep it real. It's all I know. Fake news? Uh uh. Why would you do that? Exactly where did you get that from? Nah, can't believe it. Man, you gotta come with some papers. You got to show papers on that. This is it, man. This is the start. This is the start. Yeah, man, this is how it's gonna start. It, yes, man, real spiel. This is how it's gonna start. The show starts. Huh? Yes, man, the intro. Real spiel. Real spiel. Yes, real. Jake, I have a serious question for you, all right? Serious question. All right. Can too much charity be a bad thing? Uh... Mm, on a very like way very 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 macro scale probably context is everything with the question all right so let me say this again in the context of dr martin luther king saying white moderates can be the greatest enemy to the black american struggle can too much charity be a bad thing um I don't know that I understand the connection. (laughs) All right. There's a coach in St. Francis Academy, Baltimore. It's a school. And he has decided to donate $2 million to a program that once had zero wins and once was the laughingstock of this community. All right. It's a school that was put there to bring inner city kids to the church, bring them to the Catholic religion and introduce them to sports because the program was just put there about 15 years ago. All right, just get them out of the streets. But they sucked, all right? So it was really more of a self-esteem reduction than an additive. So this dude comes along three years ago. Now they're undefeated and they're so good because he's brought in so much money and so many recruits that Nobody wants to play them, and the kids have to travel out of state to play, and now it's gotten to the point that they can't even put film and put any product on the field for them to get recruited by schools, and some of these kids are five-star blue-chip recruits. So I ask you, can too much charity be a bad thing? They just need to join a different league. Definitely. Like, why couldn't they just play DeMatha and St. John's and Good Counsel? That's 45 minutes from... From Baltimore. Because they're in 1A. They've been going to Ohio. They've been going to Florida. They've been playing in games or at least scheduled to play in games that have been getting canceled consistently because of travel issues and because technically, I guess, a lot of coaches don't want to play this team. Mm. I mean, I don't know. They could just play like other, other, um, other level teams like independent. You don't have to play like... 1A teams. So they need to switch their conference. Yeah, just play different conference. Well, I mean, you're a high school coach. Is that allowed? They can just jump out of conference and play other... Sorry. Uh, I mean, they probably have to talk to, like, the the county or whatever, but if they're a private school, they can do whatever they want. Well, they play in 1A or something like that now. I mean, the A's just have to do with the amount of kids that go to that school. 
Okay. So maybe that's why they can't play the bigger schools then. Like, they couldn't play DeMatha because the enrollment is the same. But they're private schools. You know what I mean? They could just, like, contract it with each other if they really wanted to. No. Well, they need to set up those contracts because these kids are suffering, and this dude looks like a douchebag based on everything I've read. I mean, that's shame on the other teams for not wanting to play them. That's what a lot of coaches have said. Like, that's that's their fault for being a little... Soft, say what you want to say. Soft kids, you know. It's not that up to the kids. The coach is being soft too. Yeah, the coaches are teaching the poor lesson. If I was a coach and it came to a situation where we were playing this Calipari-esque high school level coach. I mean, my coach in high school, Florida, FHSAA, the home of high school football. It's like California and Florida and Texas. Cal- it probably In this order, it's probably Texas, Florida, California. And, well, in my opinion, really Florida, Texas, California, but whatever. But um, a lot of the coaches would get accused, my coach included, of recruiting and giving dudes apartments to live in close to the zip code so that you could be within the zone, all types of stuff. And it did exist. I'm not going to say it didn't. Well, I mean, they do that in Montgomery County. They right. do that here. Yeah. It's like Quince Orchard does that shit all the time. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know how they get away with it. It's like clear that they do it, but like, you know. But no, nah, that's shame on the other teams, like, for for not wanting to do it. The Browns, when they're when they're oh and whatever, can't be like, oh, we have to play the Patriots today. Like, no, nah, we're not gonna do it. Well, they're paid. But I get your point. I get your point. It's sports meritocracy. Again, the 16 seed, like what was it, UMBC, whatever. Like every 16 seed ever can't just go into the tournament and be like, oh, we're gonna lose the game. We might as well not even play it. Do you think that the NBA should be seeded that way? Uh, so I like what Kenny said yet the other day on that same on the same where he was like, you do the same format now, but when you get it to the the last four teams, you break it down one, two, three, four. So like a college football playoff type scenario? Kind of. Because you still do the same eight in each conference, like yep. East versus West. But then once you get to the conference championships, yeah. So let's say. You rank those four based the, on yeah, record. Yeah, yeah. And then then there you go. Because they made a point where it's like, or for example, like if the Lakers become the team, you know, it's like. They could play should, the Celtics. Should the Golden State Warriors and the. The Lakers, which would be the best matchup realistically in a final, happen should that happen in the round before, you know? Especially at that point if the East isn't as good. But, like, I think this year now the top four teams on each conference kind of match up better. So, Yeah, it, there's an argument to be made the East is stronger than the West top four because I like, you know, a lot of teams in the East. I mean, I think I like the Raptors over OKC. In a seven-game series, if they were to actually play, I mean, I think the it's been so lopsided with the West for so long, but now it, the East is pretty open. I do think like the top four are pretty good, but I don't know. I don't know if they. I'd say like the Warriors are just so strong; it really makes them top-heavy. Yeah, I didn't mean to get too much into sports, though. I wanted to really talk about. Uh, this one podcast I listened to um, that dealt with the evolution of free speech and how speech is now more modernized than digital. 
So we're shifting to a space now where if you pull somebody or ban somebody, say a conservative minded individual like an Alex Jones from a YouTube, Facebook type platform and say he's not allowed to voice his opinion anymore, that's basically taking away his free speech. It. I saw something about this the other day that kind of relates like the tolerance paradox. You know what I mean? Like, oh, we have to be tolerant of what they want to say because of free speech. But at that point, like, most of those other groups, like, the example they used was like, oh, when Hitler first started, people were like, oh, we have to be tolerant or whatever. But then he gets into power and he doesn't give a shit about your tolerance. You know what I mean? He just throws it to the wayside. So it's a paradox where at that point you have to be intolerant. In part, if you're going to be like ultra tolerant society, you have to be intolerant to those extreme views, and that's why it becomes paradoxical because you want to be tolerant to everyone, but it's not not possible. Where's the point of diminishing returns when it comes to tolerating somebody's ignorance or tolerating somebody's incompetence or hate? For a certain subject or a certain group of individuals. So I understand you have to wait for a similarly aggressive or similarly intelligent, thoughtful, or like charismatic person to come forward and combat that person's way of thinking. Like if there's a Trump, you need an Obama. If there's a Hitler, you need a king, a Dr. King. You know what I'm saying? Like you need to sort of get people to think, oh, okay, yeah, that person's a dumbass. Obviously, we should be on this train and not that train. I don't know. I think society, majority of society knows that kind of thing. I don't think you need, like, an individual to say that. Like, Trump plays to his bases, yeah, but everybody else knows this man is doing some moronic-ass shit. No, I agree now in 2019, but I'm just saying, you know, like you were saying, you got to wait for somebody to come. Well, I didn't, you well didn't say in that. the paradoxical, at, at that point, but, like, we know what happens. Like, now that it's happened, we know what happens. That's why, like, with this alt-right shit, like, shouldn't be tolerant of, or not alt-right, but, like, the people who are, like, I don't know, very, like, this should be the way, like, some of the people, I don't know. Well, I just bring this up because I heard Jack Dorsey on Joe Rogan's podcast and they were talking about people getting banned from Twitter, talking about certain individuals getting banned. And he got a lot of hate after the podcast because people thought that he didn't ask the right questions. And apparently Jack Dorsey's going to come back on and they're going to have one of the people who regulate the people who were kicked off Twitter on as well to sort of address and discuss why people have been kicked off and why certain people are allowed to stay on. Because they say that you get kicked off for your conduct, but at the same time, they have people who are spewing hate speech towards certain individuals, like your girl Kathy Griffin talking about doxing the kid who had the Native American beating a drum in his face. You know, like that's supposed to not be allowed. You're not supposed to dox people. And if you don't know what doxing means, that means pointing out who a person is, where they live, and basically sending people to go after them whether it's in a digital fashion or a literal fashion. So you're not supposed to do that. That's supposed to be one of their rules. Yeah, no, I mean, it needs to go both ways. But, uh, but, but at the same time, you could sit here and say, some of the shit Trump has said, he should be kicked off too. Definitely, exactly, exactly. And there's been an argument. But, made I mean, Alex Jones, off. like, I understand why that man gets kicked off because he sat there and called out all, like, the survivors 
they're not survivors, but the kid's parents from Sandy Hook, and it's like, oh, go bother them. That shit didn't happen. Da, 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 da. Like, keeps putting that out and out and out, and then suing them because of all this other stuff. Like, you can't do that. Like, you shouldn't. No. He should be kicked off, and I'm not arguing for Alex Jones, but there is someone else who's been kicked off, a person who all they did was say, yeah, but a man isn't a woman, though. I forgot who it was. It's some female feminist out there. But that's literally all she said in the context of having a conversation towards, uh, I guess it was a transgender or towards somebody who was feeling like they were misgendered in that conversation. All she said was, yeah, but a man isn't a woman, though, which is a fact. And she was kicked off for that because she misgendered someone, which is a code of conduct on Twitter you're not allowed to do. So, I mean, I can't speak to that. There's an inherent bias is all I'm saying. and It's crazy. So, everything, there's a bias in everything, though. But there shouldn't be a bias in free speech, and that's why I said with the evolution of free speech going on, Jack Dorsey said himself that he feels the ability to speak online is a human right. He said that, and he's the CEO of Twitter. So if you feel that way, why are you pulling people off for minimal shit like saying facts? I mean, yeah, but if they're not saying facts, though, that's a whole different thing. Like, yeah, it's free speech, but if you're spewing shit that's not true. But a man isn't a woman, though. But I'm not talking about that. That, but that's an example. Meanwhile, Farrakhan. Is like, if you're gonna keep, hold up, hold up. if you're gonna keep sharing like fake shit, like maybe you get a little mark next to your name or something. Louis Farrakhan is allowed to be on Twitter, and we know what he thinks about Jewish people. That he openly says on Twitter. He says a lot of crazy shit. Like, if you look at his Twitter feed, and he is allowed to be on Twitter. I, I, I don't know. Then exactly. So they need somebody to come on there and explain that. But there's so, so many people on Twitter too. Like, how are they going to regulate? Like, you got how many people that work for you? Got to go through all these people shit to see if they show a pattern of this kind of thing. No, they got 3,500 employees, 100 different offices. They have people whose job it is to look into this thing, and they take the time to ban certain individuals whose name I can't even think of because they're not famous people who don't have popular Twitter feeds like the president. Like you well, said, I'm Trump not, should I'm, be on I'm that. not defending it. Like, I'm just saying. No, you can play devil's advocate. That's why but we're having the conversation. At the same time, it's like, you know, these are these are platforms that didn't even know what the fuck. That they got fake bots influencing people to, to, like, look at other things. So how do you expect them, if they can't even tell... Oh hey, this person's trying to, to like dabble and do things that it's not supposed to do because it's not even a real person. Then how are they going to tell who's saying what? Well, that's part of the shitty policy too because one of their levels of taking people off their platform is taking away their blue verified tag. So if you're going to take away somebody's blue verified tag, that opens the realm for fake profiles. You won't know who's saying what. So that's kind of, you know, they need to figure out what the fuck they're doing. I think social media is, like, not as beneficial as people think. Well, it's good in a lot of ways, and it's bad in a lot of ways. There's a yin and a yang. Just I mean, like, I'm saying I think the bads of social media outweigh the goods. Let's go through some of the cons. What cons do you think? The spread of fake news. I think, like, it's terrible for democracy. Like, Facebook, at least. You can put up whatever you want. And, like, oh. All right. And then it's just so divisive. People just start fighting for no reason. Okay. You have so much access to other people. I also think, like, towards, on that note, the access of people and uh, the access to people, 
and like just everyone wanting to know everything about everyone it's taking away a sense of self and privacy yeah yeah sense of privacy is definitely gone but that has a lot to do with society in general the nsa spying on the cia just big brother in every sense that is the patriot act so that's been since 2001 but not even that people are willfully putting everything about their life online that's why I say it's a slow bleed. So since 2001, the government said, we're going to listen to everything you say. So the gen- there, there was a generation of kids who were brought up with that way of thinking. So they think, well, it doesn't matter what I say online because they're listening to everything anyway. It's a slow bleed to the point where eventually we're going to know exactly what everyone says before they say it because we're going to be inside each other's heads. Eventually, it's going to be 1984. On some Black Mirror shit. We're in 1984 now. Eventually, it's going to be Black Mirror. Nah, we're not in 1984 yet. It's close. We don't have, like, a camera in the house. Certain countries, I mean, China's basically in 1984. Russia. Russia's in 1984. They never left. But, yeah, I don't know. I just want to get my own island and say, fuck everyone. You on that. Not everyone, but, like, you know what I mean. You on that Richard Branson, I feel you. But no, I, I could I could happily live on island the rest of my life. Like, yeah, I miss I miss the people in my life. But if I had like a little family there, or just a wife, well, I'd be good. Yeah. Cause no. I laying on the beach and fishing sounds pretty good to me. There's very very simple-minded folks out there, and that's why some people agree with Alexandria Ocasio Cortez's new platform that she put forth the new green plan you read about this i haven't read the specifics a lot of her like the idea is a good idea all right let me tell you one part of the idea apparently she wants and i haven't read it but i heard that there is a line in there that she wants to grant security to people who aren't willing to work people who are unwilling to work there's a line in the mandate that says people who are unwilling to work will be granted security in the form of... Where did you see that? I've heard this on different platforms from people who have read it. I don't know if this is a fact. I haven't read it myself because I don't... That really just sounds outlandish. Long. It does sound outlandish, but this is a real fact that socialists have tried to put forth. It's called universal income. Oh, no, I've heard of universal income. And at the end of the day, we're probably going to get to that at some point. Because... Cause we're very far away from it, though. Wouldn't you agree? you got to be to at least 20% unemployment. I wouldn't say very far. I'd say with the way technology is going and that a lot of businesses, even though like CVS is taking a step back and got rid of their their audit, like self-checkout, but a lot of places are doing that and then like it's easier for technology to make like car parts and assembly lines and shit like that. So there's going to be a lot of people who in the next 10 years, because of technology, are going to lose their job and they don't have the skills to get into the other side of programming or building that stuff. No, but they need to humble themselves because there's going to be a wide open market for trade labor, and that market is going to need people because a lot of people are going to be coding or teaching. I'm saying, but at that time, like, at the time, those people who are going to lose their jobs aren't, most likely aren't the highest educated, and if they do have education, it was such a long time ago. People's brains don't function like that. You know, when you get older, it's harder to learn new things. Like, I totally understand. It's going to be a lot of people up in that age who are like 50 and 60 where you look very bad on a resume. You know what I'm saying? Like, people don't like to hire old people. I totally understand that. But in the next 
30 to 40 years, I think it's going to be a more realistic plausibility than the next 10 years. And if it is a possibility in the next 10 years, and if you're 50 to 60 now, you're kind of on death's door. So you should have been planning for that anyway, right? You should have been planning for retirement. I'm, I'm not saying it's going to happen in the next 10 years. I just think we're closer than we're closer than we are further. No, I think we're pretty far off because unemployment right now is around 4%. But, I mean, like, Switzerland just voted on this shit, too, though. Like, last year, two years ago, they're not socialists, but, like, Switzerland voted to give – I don't think they approved it, but they voted on a bill to, to give universal income. And we're voting on one now. That's what I'm saying. It's getting to I, No, they're going to chop that up, dude. Of course they're going to chop it to up. To get it to a point where people are going to be willing to pass it. It's got to, a lot of it's got to get chopped up. I do think though, having to be on like a lot of renewable energy by twenty thirty five, yeah, that's a quick that's a quick goal. But it's probably something we should do. It's great. The same way she's putting bullshit in that bill though is the same way for Republicans for years I mean, put bullshit in bills. Because realistically, like Trump's trying to feed back into coal and steel and all the shit shit that we don't do it's that this country happen. doesn't do anymore and isn't economically like. It's so thoughtful to do, especially coal, especially with a lot of things are switching to newer types of energy. What I don't understand is why we haven't tried to master, like, water and get energy from that. If you think about it, the tide changes every six hours, no matter what. If you can somehow take that rise and fall of water and well, turn it into energy. I mean, there's a lake or something where it has the largest tidal rise and fall, and they've put a big turbine in there and started to try and study that. I think because you have to build massive dams and water structures to harness that power. But I don't think you have to build the dam. you got coastline on Palm Coastline. I think they have power sources there where they get power right. from but there's no reliability in it because like you said the tide changes on a consistent basis yeah. it doesn't generate enough power to power a city do you know how much water there is yeah but like Bro, you said just on the coast though it's strong enough the tide's changing throughout a six hour time is going to just constantly have this shit revving neither one of us are physicists right I don't know how much power is generated by those waves hitting the mountain but I'm pretty sure if that was a realistic viability, they'd do it by now, right? Or at least try it. I've never even heard of them doing that. I know they do wind, but not even wind generates enough power to power cars. I'm saying they do have that turbine in mm-hmm. in a lake. I think it's in Canada somewhere. And what, how much does it power? Does it power a city? Oh, I, I, I haven't. I don't know. They just recently did that like a couple of years ago, so I don't know the effects. The last thing I saw was that like a bunch of fish died in that lake, so they didn't know if it was in correlation to that thing. But I don't understand if you just have a thing that just gets spun by water how that's going to kill fish that might be why too because forgive me tree huggers and hippies out there don't want you to fuck up the natural ecosystem with some machine going into the water or building a dam taking away all the beavers and shit it's like when they used to have like the water wheels mm, that's what i'm saying a water wheel can power a boat so if just that little bit of water can power a boat you would think that if you could get a lot of g-force or whatever like i said i'm not a physicist you know, I'm Bill Nye in this bitch. I'm like a bullshit engineer. But I remember on Bill Nye, an episode of that when I was in uh, like middle school, they showed certain models of cities being powered through water and solar. So it's possible. And it's coming down the pipe. I think but Costa Rica like just had enough energy to have a day where they didn't use any like natural resource. They just had so much energy stored. 
I from like solar and stuff but they're, they're small countries so it's like hmm. exactly and i know you can do that from solar for sure and if it's nice outside you should be able to do that because a lot of people are going to be outside they're not going to be indoors firing up the air conditioner or whatever i don't know it should be possible should be viable but i was going to talk about uh liam neeson too because we didn't bring it up on the last podcast i mean should he be canceled 100 percent? you're white what do you think? Well, I think on this whole everyone situation, I think it's obviously what all of them did is is bad and wrong. Who's all of them? Northam and Northam, the okay. AG, who also admitted to wearing blackface. Okay. Liam Neeson, who goes out on looking for for these strolls, but like this should happen what forty plus years ago. Mm-hmm. You gotta judge somebody based on their actions then, yeah, but also on their actions from that point on to now, too. You know what I'm saying? All right. Like, that's 40 fucking years ago. No, I agree 100%. I don't think he should be canceled. And I'm black for contest. I, I mean, I get it. Like, if you want to cancel him, that's your opinion. And I can understand it. I just think, let's just say, I don't know. Let's just you make somebody up. I don't feel like using a real life example for this, but let's just say someone does the same thing, like in a similar situation. If they're a doctor and then 40 years ago in med school they wore blackface, but everything they've done since then has been like, you know what? I'm going to go work in the underserved community. I'm going to go do all this stuff, and has done everything to be helpful and acknowledging the wrongs done to the other community. Then, yeah, that's wrong. But like, that's the sole thing you're going to judge this guy on? Jake, let's use the worst possible example. Let's say we have an actual racist in 1965 who had racist views. Should he no longer be allowed to be a part of society because now he's redeemed himself and no longer believes in those ideas? I'm going to give you a little bit of a history lesson. I just learned this myself. The song Amazing Grace was written by a slave owner. A man who owned black people. A man who was a devout racist. Alright? He wrote Amazing Grace because it was a redemption song. Amazing I Grace mean, has been... Hold up. Amazing Grace has been sung in every single black church I've ever been in since I was a baby. Alright? A lot of black people love Amazing Grace. But the reason it's such a powerful and beautiful song is because it's about redemption and changing your mind and changing your soul. Yeah, no. That's what I'm saying. Somebody is different than they were 40 years ago. I'm saying... If they kept up that behavior over all that time, and it's coming all coming out now, like okay, like get you can get out of here. Yeah. But if I do, if you're young, when you're young, I'm not saying that the, these guys were super young when they did this stuff. But if you if you do something stupid when you're young, young people do stupid shit all the time. Absolutely, you shouldn't be judged on actions that you took part in when your frontal lobe wasn't fully developed. But the way this shit sounds, though, is like, if you come out with some excuse, like, I didn't know this was wrong, like, I don't understand, then that's kind of a little different, that shows a little different, but... You need to be a human being. You need to be Trump in that situation. Just come forth and be very frank. Hey, this is bullshit. I was 15 when this happened. I mean, there's a reason we put people in jail and give them a second chance at society. We let murderers and rapists out. We do. We let murderers and rapists out. But I think this is a very trying, like, learning time for where we're at. 
It is because of social media, because of the internet, because of the promulgation and, of fake news. And that's the other thing comes back to is like the access that we have to everyone about everything. It's like back in the day, people didn't have that, so they didn't really worry as, as much about doing shit that they knew might be wrong. It's a good thing in some ways, but in a lot of ways, it pisses me off. Like, now we got rehash culture, too. I know you were familiar with the Louis C.K. story that came back up. They're just looking to pile on now because in 2011, he did an interview that I saw years ago. I used to watch this interview all the time with him, Chris Rock, Louis Gervais, oh, or Ricky that. Gervais, and Jerry Seinfeld, where they're talking about comedy. It's an hour-long interview, and the Chris Rock bit comes up where he says, you got black folks and you got niggas. It's a famous bit. And then he says Louis C.K. is the most niggerish white dude he's ever met. He says, you're a true nigga. And then Louis C.K. says the word nigga, and then he says nigger. And then they yeah, talk about the word. everyone except for Seinfeld gets so uncomfortable. <laughs> Jerry gets super uncomfortable, and that's totally fine. That's his right. But it's also their right as human beings to say a word. And if you get super offended by a word... That has more to do with your insecurities about feeling that way. It's also up to you. Like, if you don't like it, then okay, you don't have to support. But, like, I don't know. I think it's interesting. Like, we'll see. I think we're also going through a very, like, PC time. It ebbs and flows. Because, I I mean, yeah, it does. And South Park made fun of it. But, like, you can't say shit nowadays. But, like, even even it comes down to, like, me. Like, being younger, and you say something stupid, like, you'd be like, oh, man, like, stop being so retarded. Or, yeah. bro, stop acting so gay. It's like, you're, they're not doing those things. And now, in context, I don't say that anymore. Like, but, like, because they insinuate that that's bad, and also, but, like, it's just like, okay, when I was little, that shit came out of my mouth. No, it's like when people say pause or no homo. Like, I clearly know now at 26, 27 that... That's a bad thing to do, and that's why I don't say that anymore. But is it a bad thing to do? If somebody's acting stupid, that doesn't necessarily mean they're being gay. No, it doesn't, but you shouldn't insinuate that. Like You shouldn't insinuate that being gay is stupid. Yeah. So you could be like, oh, stop being so stupid. Or find another word for it. Like You're 100% right, but it's just, it kills me that we have to regulate language in that way now. Where does context come in? Didn't intent used to matter? Didn't it used to matter that... I used to really be intending to call you uh, an F word. I'm not even going to say it, but I'm talking about the derogatory term towards gay people. I ain't even going to say it, but it used to matter that I was intending to call you that and not just making fun of a friend doing some, you know, questionable behavior. And now you got to say, oh, he's suspect. But we that's the shit that came out like, like Kevin Hart. You know, like, those tweets are from 10 years ago. And he apologized for it back then. And in that context, it's the same shit that we just said. (laughs) Like, but, like, remember, what was it, Kobe called the ref? Remember, he's like, yo, you're being a... And then all he got was a fine. Yes. Context (laughs) is everything. If Kobe did that now, oh, my God, people don't even remember that. He probably suspended, like, two games. (laughs) He's He has... Man, he might have to apologize for that again. I forgot about that, Jake. Good point, man. That'll come up again. That's going to come up again because we have rehash culture now. Well, no, because now it was like last year and shit where the players are talking about getting called like certain words. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, I know football players were talking about the N-word on the field, or at least the league was like four years ago, three years ago. But either way, why did I say the N-word? Nigger. I'm black. I can say what the fuck I want to say. But... I just find it weird that we're glorifying people like Ted Bundy. We're glorifying 
the killing of a bunch of different people. I mean, Killer Mike talked about this in a bunch of different interviews and the promotion of his show on uh, uh, Netflix. I mean, I don't think it's that that people are, well, some people are glorifying Ted Bundy, but, like, I don't think it's, I don't think it's like they made the documentary to glorify him. They made the documentary to get views because they knew it was popular. There's a certain obsession. I mean, that shit is interesting. Like, true crime and, like, serial killer shit is interesting. It's not like that I'm going to go out and be like, oh, this is the guy. It's like, oh, I'm more knowledgeable now about what happened then. It's history. I'm about, like, America's, like, realistically, H.H. H. Holmes is America's first serial killer. But Ted Bundy is the first person that anyone was, put, like, they put that, that, name to and the shit that he did he was like the first one to be like you know these people act different remember i don't know if you watched it but they talk about how he like helped the fbi and cia talk about how to put profiles together and maybe what these guys would do next i mean that's mind hunters that show on Netflix. It's, it's just interesting like you know what i mean like that guy's the first like legit what the media since would have said then stereo killer you know what i mean well i just think it is a certain sense of glorification, and just like when you build a statue for one of those Confederate soldiers, whether or not that history exists, you can go read about it or find out about it in a different way than us making a movie about it. I think, in a way, it is a certain sense of glorification there. I think. See, because like when they made the shows about OJ, I don't think that's a glorifying OJ. I just think it's because, again, it's like another thing that was such a big thing in American. History and the fact too that people don't know what happened, you know, like. Well, ninety-eight percent of Law and Order SVU episodes are about violence towards women, and that shit is on all the time. So there's a certain obsession with violence and crime, and it's the true crime shit. People love it; they eat it up. I'm not saying, but they didn't glorify OJ. They just made a show to show about like what happened and how it went down. Well, I don't know. All things should be created equal. I know they're bringing back Unsolved Mysteries. I'm excited about that. They're remaking Twilight Zone, too. I'm pumped about that. Yeah, we talked about that on the last podcast. But Unsolved Mysteries, I used to watch all the time with my grandma on Lifetime. This shit. His voice alone. It was like the voice on uh, Law & Order SVU. But I mean, think about it, too. Like, they got shows. You got shows like Cops and then Live PD, where it's, that stuff is on live. Then you have, uh, what's it? Criminal Minds and SVU. Then you got... 40, oh, SVU and the criminal justice system. 48 hours. Sexually based offenses are considered especially heinous. You know, 48 hours. People love that that kind of shit. Yes. In New York City, the dedicated detectives who investigate these vicious felonies are members of an elite crime squad known as the Special Victims Unit. These are their stories. Dun dun! I mean, people love this stuff so much that Netflix made a satire of that genre. Yes. Very hilarious. And it was hilarious, and they canceled it, and I'm upset that they canceled it. Yeah, I mean, it couldn't come back for a third season, because what YouTube star are they going to use? PewDiePie or Logan Paul or some shit? I didn't want to see a third season with Logan Paul. I'm glad they didn't remake it. But I'm glad they made a movie, uh, High Flying Bird, with that dude from the second season. The dude who was the basketball star. He's a YouTube dude, the tall black guy. It's a movie on uh, Netflix that just got released. It was shot on an iPhone. Steven Soderbergh film. He made Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, it's supposed to be kind of decent. It's about this dude who's supposed to be a high-level NBA draft prospect. And 
some type of social media shit happens and then something else happens and I don't know. It's a movie on Netflix. I'm gonna check it out. What's it called? High Flying Bird. Hmm. Man. Looks like it's worth a watch. But I don't know. I brought all that up talking about a path to redemption for certain individuals like Liam Neeson, like Louis C.K., or even the Harvey Weinstein, bro. I mean, it's terrible what he did. It's terrible. And I don't want to allow this dude to be around my wife or around my kids or even make movies anymore. I don't want to have a conversation with the dude. But should he not be allowed to buy a house? He committed a crime. We have. He's going to spend time in jail. I don't think it's a matter of him buying a house. I'm just saying we have. No one's going to stop him from buying a house. I'm just saying we have a penal system for people like this. Certain people shouldn't be allowed to be a part of the public discourse anymore, but certain people should. I don't think there's anything anywhere that's like, oh, you can't buy a house. I mean, there's like housing associations that can turn you down based on standards there, but. That doesn't mean you can't buy property or a house. But but we're getting to that point, I think. I I don't think so. I think it's to a point where we're getting to a point where getting work is going to be hard when you when you like hit hit women or do shit like that. Like Kareem Hunt is going to have a job, but like it's getting to a point where if you have any like issues like that, companies are going to be like, eh. I think if we start placing less value on monetary wealth and start placing more value on social currency, like that episode of Black Mirror where they have a rating over your head, it's not going to matter. I'm just saying it's not going to matter how much money you make. It's going to matter how nice you are and what you've done in the past. That. That's what I'm saying. So everything's going to be measured. Everything's going to be judged. So that's where we're going, Jake. At a nah, certain point, I don't think we'll do that here. People wouldn't let that shit happen. Gonna, I'm not going to go to the fucking store and be in a bad mood and have to be like, oh, thank you. It's a slippery slope. It's like, Jake. oh, thanks. It's, it's like a slippery slope. I mean, you shouldn't be like a bitch to anybody or a dick. But like, if I'm not in a good mood, like you ain't going to throw me a, a lower rating than if I wasn't in a good mood. That's stupid. I don't think it's going to be about being in a good mood. That was too extreme. I think it's going to be about being liberal. You just have to have liberal tendencies. Like Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, they both did blackface. Sarah Silverman did blackface. But as long as you address it, and as long as you're liberal and you're on the I mean, right side of things, Robert Downey Jr. has a whole movie where he's in blackface. It's fucking hilarious. I think I'll be fine. Because most of the way I think is liberal, but I also don't want to be pigeonholed into not being able to make a joke or make a statement. Because I mean, here's stupid. the thing. I asked somebody this, right? Sorry to cut you off, but here's the thing. If he would have came out when he's running for governor and said, back in my day I did blackface. In 1980 I did blackface or whatever. I know it's wrong. I... I you can either say I knew it was wrong then and still did it, or at the time I didn't understand, but I do now. Here's why I, I did it. I wanted y'all to know, whatever, yada, yada, yada. Is that an automatic DQ then? Because if it's not automatic DQ then, at that point, why is it automatic DQ now? Unless you're being hypocritical like the Attorney General of Virginia who said, oh, Ralph Northam needs to resign, da, 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 and then two days later comes out, oh, I wore blackface in 1980. Yeah. No, I think. If in 1980 you were blackface, it's more probably because you were a fan of Mr. T than it was you were racist. I'm sure there were plenty of kids. Like, if you were around in high school in 1985, you'd have dressed like Mr. T on some real shit. Maybe not wore the blackface, but you'd have put on some gold chains and but cut I, your there's hair. There's no problem with that. Because like, I no could problem. dress like Chance the Rapper right now and not have to wear blackface. You wear that hat with the three on it and a pair of overalls and, like, some Chicago and you're good. Do you think Chucky's ever going to end? Hmm? The movie, Chucky. Well, they're remaking it, aren't they? Yeah, bro. It's coming out in June. Another Chucky. I, well, 
It could be just a redo of the original. No, it's definitely a redo of the original. But, but I haven't seen like any of the originals. You never seen Jackie? Oh uh, well. well we, in our culture now, Hollywood's not a lot of original shit. It's not, man. They're just. It's all remakes or sequels for the most part. Yeah, Hollywood's basically waiting on the next great author to come along and write Twilight or some book series based on superheroes or some bullshit. You know, that's all that's waiting on. I mean, a lot of stuff is moving to television now, the small screen. Like, I'm still watching True Detective. A lot of stuff is going straight to Netflix. I heard Scorsese is coming out with a new movie. Yeah, him and DiCaprio. And it's... uh... Not DiCaprio. It's going to be De Niro. It's going to be... Oh, it's like the Irishman. Pacino. That's where they made him, like, real young. And, yeah, yeah, they've been making that a long time. Yeah. I just heard Sebastian Maniscalco talking about it. He's a stand-up comedian, and he's in the movie. And it's going to go straight to Netflix. It's going to be released on Netflix in 2019, I think, or 2020. That's the new model now. And then the new model for stuff is being... Is paying. So you don't have to worry about ads. And I can appreciate that. I can appreciate an ad-based paywall model as opposed to you're going to give me free content, but then you're going to sell my information and sell my likeness on the back end to some advertising agency so they can sell me shit. That's how you support yourself. Fuck that. I'd rather just give you $10 a month and don't sell my information. I I prefer the Netflix model. So I think moving forward, that's going to be the shift in the way content's delivered and the way everything's handled. But... I think that's pretty much all I got. Yeah. Uh, I did see that there was a 126,000-piece Connect set built. What? That's a lot. Yeah, this dude... I mean, as a kid, I was more of a Lego person, but anybody who fucked with Connects or puzzles or those huge Lego domino things like that, I always thought were total nerds. They had way too much time on their hands and way too much patience. <laughs> That's funny. Niggas ain't wait, they turn, they sped it up and crash and burn Boy, these niggas don't ever learn 
find your position, you gotta earn. Jack boy scoping, this all lies on me. I keep a 30 especially bring you down to your knees. I gotta pray to my father, I got concerns and confessions. I was stressed, facing depression, used to sleep on the floor. My mama kept my blanket, cause I knew she was cold. I'm staying down and looking up, my cousin around here cooking up. And I've been running from my ghost, I feel like Pac-Man. And then I stay in all black like Batman. I pull up Bruce Wayne, who hell laid back, seat back, window cracked, and I'm smoking on that yeah. Huh. Who is that on the scene? These bitches looking at a nigga and their faces look mean. He's so clean, looking like the boy that helped out. And now I come through, do this shit all by myself, though. Pull up on your scene, I knock the block off. Ooh, these niggas rocking all this knockoff. And I be rocking ball main two chains with the two things. Nigga with the way back going Wu Tang. Bitches always having all these mood swings. Call my phone with that boo thing. Pull up on her late night. Her nigga tripping, got all these guns. That nigga can't fight. That shit be on sight. And my mama know I'm working. My life, it ain't right. Sir, same to him, man. Some shit you can't explain. It's all in the past.